This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. Hello, hello, Who Dat Nation, and welcome back to Black and Gold Rush. I hope you're having a safe and happy Mardi Gras week, spending some precious time with your loved ones, staying warm, and definitely eating lots of king cake. This is a weird time for me, I'm not going to lie, because it's the first time in my life that I haven't been in New Orleans with my large, extended family to celebrate Mardi Gras. Instead, my husband Adam and I have a Rouse's King Cake inside. Rouse's just opened here in South Lake Charles a couple months ago. And we'll wait for next year, when Mardi Gras will be back better than ever. Now, Carnival time is actually really special for us. Four years ago, Adam and I got engaged on St. Charles Avenue as Iris was passing. He got me up on our scaffold on St. Charles and Foucher, and I was so surprised that I literally dropped the water bottle I was holding in my hand. Not everybody has a favorite Mardi Gras memory, if it's possible to pick just one. We've seen plenty of Saints players ride in parades through the years, or maybe you got to introduce a non-native New Orleanian to Carnival for the first time. Okay, enough about that. On to today's podcast where I have a really awesome guest for you, ESPN NFL Nation reporter Mike Triplett. Mike is entering his 17th year covering the Saints, his first date with the Times-Picayune, where I got to know him when I was working there, and the past date with ESPN. He's also covered LSU sports, and before that, the San Francisco 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. Mike and I talk Saints quarterbacks a little bit, But our main topic is defense, which free agents are top priority, and what we can expect with Chris Richard's hire to coach the Saints secondary. While personnel is uncertain, aggressive physical play is a sure thing. So I hope you enjoy my conversation on a broad range of topics with ESPN's Mike Triplett. Mike Triplett, it is so great to be with you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, good to talk to you again. So before we dive in and talk Saints, I know you grew up in Iowa before you landed in New Orleans. So tell us about yourself a little bit more and what's made you call New Orleans home for so long. Well, I think my story is a common one. People tell me it's common all the time. My wife is from Southern Louisiana. She's from Homa. Uh, So I met her and uh, wound up here. Uh, Although, funny enough, I used to live in San Francisco when I met her and I was covering the 49ers. And, and I think she was excited about moving out to San Francisco when I was able to get a job at the Times Picayune. She, she eventually would have wanted to come home. Uh, you know, it's good to raise a family around a lot. A big, she has a big family. Uh, but I think for a few years anyway, she wanted to move to San Francisco. And uh, uh, unfortunately, the Times Picayune uh, uh, hired me and, and kept her here for, for good. <laughs> 
Wow. Yes, definitely. Uh, being around family is a very, very common New Orleans theme. And so you've got three kids now, right? Three kids. Yeah, they're about to turn. Oh, my gosh. 13, 10 and six in, a, in the, over the next month or two. 13. Oh, my goodness. I, I cannot even believe that. I remember when we when we worked together at the Times Picky and how young they were. I mean, time just flies by, Mike. I can't even believe it. Mm, mm, mm. So you, we, we were talking before we hit record uh, that actually you were, were coming up here in February on your 18th anniversary of living here in New Orleans. And you're one of the journalists who's covered the Saints for so long, the longest time. I mean, can you believe that you've you've developed such a long-term working relationship with the New Orleans Saints? Well, uh, I mean, what's interesting is is the year I started. I, now, look, there's some people who, who've covered the team, um, maybe not on a daily basis like me, but, you know, mm-hmm. that, that we're in the market for the paper bag days and, <laughs> and a lot of tough days. Uh, my first year covering the Saints, I, when I first moved here, I covered LSU for two years and they won a national championship the first year yep. I was covering them. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is easy. You show up and they win. Uh, but my first year covering the Saints was that 2005 season where Katrina hit and, and I had to move to San Antonio and, and live mm-hmm. in an apartment and they were three and 13 and completely, you know, uh, fired the coach, replaced the quarterback. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to take a while. Then 2006, Sean Payton, Drew Brees show up and they go to the NFC Championship game. So uh, it's been pretty gravy. I've covered the Saints for, uh, what is that, uh, if we do the math, 16 seasons. Yeah, you said almost 17. And, and, and only one of them was, uh, was the Aints. <laughs> wow. The rest has been the, the golden years. Mm, mm, mm. How about that? So speaking of the Saints, let's talk about quarterbacks, which everybody wants to talk about. Uh, the writing is on the wall uh, as we await Drew Brees' announcement, uh, it seems like at least. But Mike, you wrote a bold offseason prediction on ESPN.com that I'll link to in the show notes that Jameis Winston would not only win the Saints starting job, but also go on to win his first playoff game next season. Now that's pretty bold, but well, yeah, I mean, he had to go bold. <laughs> you know, maybe I could have gotten away one week ago with just predicting that Jameis Winston was going to win the starting job, but then Sean Payton had his Super Bowl media appearances and told everybody uh, how much he liked Winston, and and that that didn't seem like a bold prediction anymore. It almost feels like the front runner to win that job right now, though. Though I think you know, Taysom, you know, that you'd have to put Taysom Hill's odds right next to Jameis Winston's odds. But I figured if it has to be a bold prediction, I have to add in that it'll win a playoff game. But let's be honest, that's not that bold either. We're talking about a Saints team that is so loaded at at every position outside of quarterback that they've won the NFC South four years in a row. uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've won a playoff game in three of the last four seasons. Um, so it would be a disappointment if they're not in the playoffs again this year, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you about Winston being the guy they'll they'll turn to. I mean, Sean Payton, like you said, clearly committed to re-signing him and letting he and Taysom Hill compete. I think if they can fix their their turnovers, which is what costs them in the playoffs, then Payton can just unleash this offense and go. I mean, clearly, you know, people have ragged on Jameis Winston about his 30 interceptions in Tampa Bay. I mean, we know that's not going to cut it, but I think we need to stop the talk about bringing other people in and just ride with these guys that they have. I mean, if they can afford to bring anyone in in free agency, I think it's going to be more likely to be on the defensive side, which is a good transition to our next topic that I want to focus on. The what you well, just I will wrote. stop you yeah. real quick. I will say this: there Absolutely, is there yeah. is there is room to upgrade over okay. James over Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. They just don't have the ammunition to do it. They, you know. If Deshaun Watson somehow, if the Texans said, we want to trade you Deshaun Watson, I think the Saints would move heaven and earth to get Deshaun Watson. Same with, you know, minor Russell Wilson uh, or Aaron Rodgers. Talk. Like the Saints would do that. They wanted to get Tom Brady last year. Uh, yeah, when, I mean. Right? So the Saints would not be afraid to go after an upgrade. Same thing with a top five draft pick. The problem is they don't have the ammunition to get those guys. I, I don't. I don't. If Deshaun Watson gets traded, it's not going to be to a team with the twenty eighth pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. They just don't have so the ammunition. That's that a great point. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are so good, you couldn't possibly do better. Uh, they just. They just aren't going to be able to get their hands on anyone who's obviously better. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the issue. That's the but issue. Right, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. The uh, the defense, on the other hand, um, more more realistic topics uh, on that side. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, in the Super Bowl, we we saw the Bucks dominate the Chiefs defensively. The power of a pass rush there front and center. Then we see the Texans come out today's Friday. We're recording and release JJ Watt, you know, three time NFL defensive player of the year. I mean, the saints have some questions on the defensive line. I would say most notably how to address Trey Hendrickson after his yeah. breakout season with 13 and a half sacks. I mean, they've got Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan, but it is, do you think Trey Hendrickson is going to be the the odd man out of those of those? That I would predict that, but yeah, uh, I think I think if I had to bet that um, Marcus Williams of their two current free agent, well, they have more than two current free agents. It's Marcus Williams, it's Jameis Winston, it's Trey Hendrickson, it's Sheldon Rankins, it's yeah, Jared Sheldon Cook. Um, but the, the two that are going to cost the most money. Um, are Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson. And, and actually maybe Jameis Winston will get into that same class of money. We're all, you know, 10 to whatever, 10, somewhere in 10 to $15 million range. But I think of, of that group, my gut says Marcus Williams is the guy that maybe is more of a priority to keep because uh, of how hard he'd be re to replace if they didn't have him, but also how they felt about him over the course of four years, even before the season. The thing about Trey Hendrickson is I, Obviously, they value him. He was super important this year. He was probably the main reason why they beat the Buccaneers the two times they beat the, the Buccaneers in the regular season. But we know that they didn't see this coming from Trey Hendrickson because they tried to sign Genevieve and Clowney the, day before the, the week before the season started. They right. thought they needed an upgrade there. 
So uh, it just makes me wonder if, if Hendrickson's season, 13 and a half sacks, everybody needs edge rushers. If that's going to make him cost, you know, more than twice what they thought he was going to cost six months ago, is it hard for them to say, no, you know what, let's give him, I don't know what it's going to take. Is it going to take 12 million? Is it going to take 15 million? I really don't know. Uh, but a guy with, with those sack totals definitely <laughs> increased his price tag. So that makes me wonder. Um, but I would say with all these guys, they like them. So they're going to say, we will offer Trey Hendrickson this much money. We will re-sign him if he only costs this much. We will offer Marcus Williams this much money. We will re-sign him if he only costs this much. And then the market will make the, the rest of that decision. Does somebody outbid them? Mm. Oh, so many things to sort out. I mean, right. You mentioned Sheldon Rankin's also a free agent. I mean, right. Mickey Loomis is going to have some magic to work out. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, um, right. We've, we've, um, the saints did get Ryan Nielsen back on the coaching staff with the yeah, defensive yeah. line. How valuable is that? Tell us. I, I think incredibly like, you know, I mean, uh, with all due respect to Aaron Glenn, who just left to, uh, become the Lions defensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi yep. who just left to become the uh, Chargers offensive yeah. coordinator. I think Nielsen was the most important one of those three to keep just because, you know, Glenn coaches the secondary, but so does defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. That's Those were his roots. Lombardi coaches quarterbacks, but so does Sean Payton, so does Pete Carmichael. Ryan Nielsen had really taken over this defensive line group and put his stamp on it over the last four years. And that – maybe during that four-year stretch was the most improved unit on the entire team. Um, uh, and, and you know, I think he's a really sharp coach, and I think that defensive line has been really important to this team over the last four years. So he would have been pretty hard to replace. Oh, that's a great point, definitely. And speaking of uh, new hires, uh, the Saints hired Chris Richard at uh, secondary coach to replace Aaron Glenn, and you have a new piece about him and the secondary new on ESPN.com um, that I'll also link to. Uh, with his experience in Seattle, coaching the Legion of Boom uh, at that time to two Super Bowl appearances, for example, yeah. what does Dennis Allen and and already strong Saints unit. I mean, we don't know what it's going to look like next year. You know, we talked about the, you know, a little bit, the possibilities of, you know, not being able to hang on to Marcus Williams, but what does an already strong Saints unit gain with his hire? Well, I mean, he seems overqualified for the position. And I think he'd, I probably, that too. he'd probably agree with that because last year he got a ton of head coaching, uh, interviews for a couple years he was a defensive coordinator for the Seahawks then he was the passing game coordinator who called plays for the Cowboys and and the mm -hmm. reason he was out of work last year was because he was on Jason Garrett's staff and Jason Garrett got fired and, and they didn't keep him as an assistant but he did not get a you know he interviewed for a couple head coaching jobs he interviewed for a couple defensive coordinator jobs and when he didn't get those he actually decided to sit out the season because he he didn't he felt like it would be a step backwards to become a secondary coach so I think that speaks volumes about, you know, how he views this organization and working for Sean Payton and working for Dennis Allen, that he's willing to do that. Um, and I think he thinks he'll probably have some su success here and, and be able to, uh, 
get another opportunity at a coordinator job or a head coaching job and get, you know, that's still how he's regarded in this league. His track record is impeccable. I mean, obviously you've mentioned the Legion of Boom. Everybody knows how good that defense was for Seattle mm-hmm. for so long. He began as the secondary coach and then became their defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator, right. But his two years in Dallas, same thing. The Saints had – a lot of trouble against the Cowboys in his two years there. That was yeah, in their two games, right? Yeah, yeah. And they won one thirteen to ten. But they, that you know, they were physical with Michael Thomas. They were physical with Alvin Kamara, and and I think that's what he brings. Now, I did mention in that article. I don't think the Saints are going to switch to a, the cover three defense that Seattle made famous. Uh, right. The Saints actually, uh, Matt Bowen, uh, who does a great job as an analyst at ESPN, said they were they played cover three, one of the fewest amounts of any team in the league mm-hmm. last year. But every defense is multiple. A lot of things are similar. And it's the style of play, the physical, attacking, aggressive confidence. The Saints value that. They like man, big physical man coverage cornerbacks he's going to teach that to the saints cornerbacks attacking downhill safety play um which is something that marcus williams did better than ever last year uh but you know was was a part of his game that he needed to improve so i i think his style will will play well even if even if it's not uh, you know a conversion to the old seahawks defense Wow, I love that. So, right, that's so so much to pick up on that, uh, right, it speaks volumes, first of all, about Chris Richard, that he would be willing, like you said, to take a position as a as a as a position coach um, with the Saints after he's been a, a defensive coordinator and he interviewed for head coaching jobs. I mean, right. He clearly saw something for him and his family, you know, it, to take the job in, in new Orleans. And so there's that. And, and also, right. Yeah. The, the article, again, I'm going to link to it in the show notes has some great analysis about what saints fans can expect from Chris Richard. And so the, Saints fans need no reminder, of course, of the when Seattle victimized the the Saints twice oh, in 2013, uh, and also right the the past two times that the Saints and Cowboys uh, played. I mean, it was a total defensive struggle, 12 to 10, and um and and 13 to 10. Right, that was the loss, and then 12 10, the Saints barely eked out a win. I mean, so I mean. So just talk more a little bit, Mike, about um, y- you think the scheme is going to stay pretty much the the same, Dennis Allen. They have a good thing going. So Chris Chris Richards is only going to add to it, right? I think so. Uh, but the other part of that article was um, the personnel. Uh, will okay. they be able to keep this personnel together? That is a huge question. Now, yeah, I don't think the scheme will change because this defense has been playing really well. I mean – the defense was arguably the strength of the team this year. I mean, Alvin Kamara was probably number one, defense number two. But uh, yeah. um, the defense is playing so well. This is not a case where they need to overhaul their defense. But Marcus Williams, we, we talked about free agent decisions this year. He's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. And Marshawn Lattimore, I think that is a big decision they have to make this offseason because he has one year left on his deal on his rookie deal, but very often that is when players get extended with one year left on their rookie deal. We saw that with Michael Thomas. You know he's thinking about his draft classmates, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, when exactly they they got paid. They got theirs the year before. Uh, And cornerbacks, he's considered 
maybe not a top three corner, but right in the next tier, you know, uh, they're starting yeah. to get paid $20 million a year. Jalen Ramsey got paid 20 and maybe he's not considered Jalen Ramsey, but then Marlon Humphrey got, he mm-hmm. got 19.75 million a year with the Ravens last year. Uh, Tredavious mm-hmm. White was close to that. So these are guys that I think he considers uh, contemporaries and that's, that's the class he's going to want to be in. Um, so I think, you know, he hasn't announced it. I'm looking way ahead. I don't even know if we're going to have a training camp, but I think there, you know, he could be the guy holding out of training camp mm-hmm. wanting this new deal. I think the Saints have to decide, are we going to pay Marshawn Lattimore close to $20 million a year? Maybe it's 19 maybe it's 18 I don't know the exact number, but that's the price range. And if we're not, then, you know, we have to consider trading him because he might get a first, you know, first-round draft pick in return. Um, he's a valuable chip. So that is a huge decision they have to make this offseason. Are they going to invest heavily in – the combination of Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore is going to cost you $30 million a year. Can they do that? They don't have any cap space. They always find a way. Um, And then look at the rest of the secondary. Malcolm Jenkins, good chance this is his last year with the team. Janoris Jenkins, good chance this is his last year with the team. They're 32 and 33 years old. So all of a sudden, this deep, loaded secondary, there are a lot of question marks about how much of it they're going to keep together. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you look at, right, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins, they all tied for the team lead in interceptions with with three interceptions each um, this past season. I mean, Marcus Williams had, you know, three interceptions, seven pass breakups this season. I mean, the Saints, I, I just it's so hard with their cap situation to think about that. I, I just can't imagine them not investing in Marshawn Lattimore I know, though. I, I what, what, what's your take on that? Do you think they're going to invest in him? That, that, to me, he's um, a huge question mark for two reasons. Uh, because of their financial limitations, they have to think long and hard about paying anybody, you know, 19, let's call it $19 million a year. That's yeah. tough in and of itself. Uh, B, you have to say, okay, is Marshawn Lattimore really worth it? Because he has, you know, at times been the best player on the field before them, especially against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Mike Evans every time they play him. And that is a very important rivalry for them. Yes, especially now. <laughs> Impossible to relate, replace. I mean, yeah. finding a number one corner, everybody needs to do that. So, you know, that's a dilemma all on its own. But – if you decide we can't afford it, we just simply cannot offer this guy a you know five-year, $95 million deal, mm-hmm. then he might be your best trade chip on your whole team. I, I think you could get more in return for Lattimore maybe than Michael Thomas right now because Thomas is coming off of, of surgery and, and you know maybe mm-hmm. more than you can get for Alvin Kamara because Alvin Kamara, uh, the running back position, is viewed a little differently. Maybe you'd say the same for Ryan Ramchek, who's also in the same boat. He's ready for for that extension heading into the final year of his deal. But the thing with Marshawn Lattimore is door a is, all right, let's pay him a lot of money. And, and and he's really important. And door B is, well, we save that $20 million a year and we maybe get a first round, early second round draft pick in return. So I think those discussions are going to have to be had, but I completely agree with you that if money were no object, he's one of the probably five most important players on the whole team. 
I'm right there with you. I mean, he's consistently matched up with the opponent's best receivers, like we just said. I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I can't imagine being in Mickey Loomis's position. But can we just talk about real quick how the Saints struck gold with their 2017 oh, draft class? Goodness, right? <laughs> I mean, um, you yeah. know, I, I really do think even internally their plan, um, their long-term plan with Drew Brees, the way you know, the way that Saints have always done the salary cap. Nobody understands it, but they always know it's like they got a new credit card and they put the old credit card on the new credit card. They say we're right. going to pay it off someday. That someday always felt like it was going to be when Drew Brees retires. You know, maybe we'll mm-hmm. have a rookie quarterback. Maybe we'll be rebuilding. Uh, we'll catch up on our finances then. Well, they screwed up because they had the best draft classes in the entire NFL in 2016, 2017. They kept drafting these guys who needed $20 million a year extensions. They've got mm-hmm. the best, you know, most talented roster in the league. And it would, it would be criminal to rebuild now because, um, quote unquote, all they have to do is replace the quarterback and they're still, <laughs> they're still going to be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it's just uh, such a challenging situation. I I mean, so here we are off season, so many questions. I mean, I feel like that's almost the theme of of every single week, but I mean, we've got the the draft coming up. I mean, Marcus Williams is just such an interesting question. I mean, in um I, the the Saints are do you think that they are more likely to let him walk and try to draft a safety? Would what's your take on that? I I think he's really become a, a really important player in the back of that secondary, especially as I said. Since I, I think they're, you know, they're not going to ha- they're going to have to replace Malcolm Jenkins soon. They're going to have to replace Janoris Jenkins soon. I think yeah. they would really like to keep him, but I, I do agree that that position, that free safety position becomes mm-hmm. I would say this for him or Lattimore if they if either one of those guys is not being kept then I vault their position to probably you know number one on uh, on the priority list for for the draft it's it's Definitely. the the replacements are not in-house unfortunately it'd be one thing if they had you know you know like Jared Cook we didn't talk much about but I I, I don't think they're likely to re-sign Jared Cook in free agency, and partly because they just drafted Adam Troutman. He can fill into their own. Right. You don't have that at free safety. His backup is actually P.J. Williams, who's older than him and also a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, right, I know. I feel like we could literally talk for, for hours about the Saints free agent situation. Yeah. But, um, but, Mike, I uh, – we will certainly be watching and waiting. I mean, Drew Brees' you know announcement is it's, it's just a matter of time. I feel like maybe he'll they'll wait for Mardi Gras to to pass. But um, I I saw JJ Watts' uh, Twitter video to the city of Houston. Um, do you think that he might do something like like, like that? You know, like a message directly to the uh, city. It, it'll uh, be. It won't be subtle and it won't be quiet. Like. You know, in a normal year, he'd probably fly into New Orleans and have a press conference. I don't know how that works now. It'd be a Zoom conference. But um, there's no question. He's not just going to send out a little tweet. He'll have a nice video. He'll have, yeah, I I agree with you that that it'll be well thought out. It'll be heartfelt. Uh, uh, This place Uh, has meant a lot to him, and he's meant a lot to this place. 
Right. I mean, J.J. Watt's not retiring. He was just, you know, announcing his, you know, he's he's being released from Houston. But uh, where do you think he ends up? You think he's going to go to Pittsburgh and play with his brothers? Um, <laughs> yeah, can you be the older brother, though, and go play with your younger brother? I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's a good question. you right now? Like that, you know, I guess maybe that would that would get them both fired up. But uh, yeah, look, he's going to be in demand. Um you know, immediately, of course, people say, should the Saints go after J.J. Watt? That's the, the immediate reaction, especially because the Saints have, have, have bred that into people. They do go after big names all the time. Um, they do, right? I mean, so hard to think they would do that considering, uh, considering the limited resources they have and, and actually defensive tackles a spot where they have a little depth, um, mm-hmm. although although they might not resign Sean Rankin. So I, I'd never say never with that, but I would think there's a list of 20 teams that could use – even if he is not in the prime he used to be in, um, when healthy, he is still a, a big difference maker. And then just what he would bring to a locker room and a defense and an attitude. And, you know, uh, I have a feeling he'll have his pick. Wow. So yeah. I'll so a lot of Los Angeles Rams because they sign everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we're going to see lots of news unfolding. Literally. I mean, last week when I was recording with uh, Tori Petri from from Detroit, it was right after the Saints had um, had hired Chris Richard and it was just breaking news left and right this offseason. I mean, it's it'll it's, continue. Yes, it will. Downtime, but there'll be a lot coming up. Yes, yes. So, it, Mike, we are so happy to have you on just for a wide-ranging conversation. And before we go, where can our listeners connect more with you? Well, uh, there's a page on ESPN.com dedicated to the Saints. We have a reporter for all 32 teams, so you can always find my stuff there. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Triple. Awesome. Well, Mike, have a happy Mardi Gras, yeah. and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Black and Gold Rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, oodah!